You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 28th, 2021. My name is Philip Bostwick. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. Don't have a lot to get to today, but we're still going to get an episode in. Uh, on today's episode of Locked On Magic, we're going to talk about how terrible and awful this season has been. I want to put it all just kind of in perspective and, and why we want to just wad it up and just throw it into the sun as quickly as possible. Um, we will then talk a little bit about a player that has shown a ton of growth and who I think will be in the spotlight once again tonight as the Orlando Magic take on the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Magic's upcoming game against the Cavs tonight. But before you do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown? On the Cleveland Cavaliers ahead of tonight's game, check out Locked On Cavs. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. To search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. So stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in the episode. The season started off with such promise and such optimism. And I'm not talking about the 4-0 start or the 8-2 start or, or, any of the, or the 6-2 start or, or any of that. Not even getting to that. Not even getting to that point because it, it feels like every season uh, that goes this far off the rails, it, it doesn't go this far off the rails from the start. Um, and Frank Vogel's last year when the Magic finished, I think, with only 25 wins uh, or 26, 27 wins, somewhere in there, the Magic started, what, 13 and 9 or or 9 and 9 and 4 or something like that and we were all really excited and then Jonathan Isaac got hurt and everything just kind of fell apart from there. Um, there were a lot of injuries that year too. But this year has felt especially difficult. Um, certainly the restrictions of the pandemic and, and and the health and safety protocols the league has put in place has been a part of that, but this season has just been the worst. Steve Clifford has said it numerous times, he's never been through a season that has had so many of these injuries and so many of these complications, um, so many of these issues that just don't seem to go away. Um, he's never been a part of, never seen anything like it. Um, the Magic have missed more than 300 games due to injury, far more than any other team in the league. And while that certainly explains part of why the Magic have not been able to make the progress that they wanted to make or believe they could make, um, it doesn't tell the whole story, of course. Um, it, it's a big part of the story of the season, but it doesn't tell the whole story. The fact of the matter is, this terrible, no-good, awful year started in the bubble. Um, the Orlando Magic were excited to have Jonathan Isaac back, and if you listened to Magic and watched them play a little bit, you thought, you know, maybe in this strange setting, this Magic team could be a little dangerous. Um, we all sat here and said, if the season had ended as it normally would have, the Magic would have finished 7th in the Eastern Conference, likely a date with the Toronto Raptors. Um, and there is nothing to dissuade us from that, even in the bubble, because the bubble was one injury after another. It was Jonathan Isaac going down with a torn ACL and, and, catast- and a catastrophic injury that no one could do much about um, as he was coming back from a knee injury that was suffered in January with, with more than eight months to, rec- to recover and certainly within the timeline that was expected for the injury that Isaac had. Then Aaron Gordon gets hit 
you know, on a somewhat dirty play by Kyle Lowry, and his hamstring issues lingered into the season through the shortened offseason. James Ennis got hurt. Michael Carter-Williams got hurt. The Magic team that played in the playoffs last year was not the team that they made it through the entire season with, and honestly, we all felt that they played hard and gave Milwaukee Bucks all they could handle in that five-game series. No one was ashamed of how the Magic played in that playoff series. The Magic knew they weren't going to have Jonathan Isaac this year, but they still came in with high hopes. They still believed that they could compete. They still believed that they could be a team that would be back in the playoffs. You know, if, if, if tanking is a thing or if karma is a thing, the Magic entered this season believing that they were going to a third straight playoff berth. They believed that they were going to be competitive. They believed they were going to grow. And as the last undefeated team in the NBA, hard to believe, oh so long ago, the Magic looked every bit of that. Now, Orlando beat some easy opponents. They, they, took, they took care of their business against teams that they should take care of their business against. But every win counts the same. And obviously, they wanted to show better uh, on that New Year's Eve game against the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, their first real opponent, quote-unquote, of the season. Although they did beat the Miami Heat at home, which, which you know, turned out to be, you know, again, the Heat had their struggles early in the year. But that's, that's neither here nor there. Disaster struck in that game a little bit as Evan Fournier pulled himself out of the game with back spasms that would bother him for much of the first quarter of the season. Then, of course, the ca- catastrophe began. Markel Fultz tearing his ACL. Michael Carter-Williams dealing with his nagging injuries that kept him out for a good chunk of that first quarter of the season. The Magic had to throw rookie Cole Anthony into the fire immediately, and the team's struggles showed for it. Yes, Nikola Vucevic put in an all-star season. Yes, he was as amazing as advertised. But that was never going to be enough. This team's margin for error was always extremely small. And things only got worse. On a West Coast trip in late January, early February, Cole Anthony fractured a rib, leaving the Magic without any point guard options except for 10-day contract signee Frank Mason, who then in the very next game proceeded to injure his groin. Uh, you know, I think he tore a muscle in his groin. It was not pretty. And the Magic were trying to operate essentially with one point guard for that game, for sure, in Golden State and San Francisco against the Golden State Warriors. They were trying to operate essentially with one point guard uh, for a very long time, platooning Aaron Gordon. All the while, the season was not going to be kind to teams that dealt with injuries, or at least with the cavalcade of injuries the Magic had, with the full injury report the Magic had. Uh, a Lakers blogger or Lakers writer the other day posted a picture of the Magic's injury report and said, good God, look at the Magic's injury report, to which my response was, it's been every dang day. Because I haven't even gotten to the dislocated ankle that Devin Kennedy suffered, the the latest of catastrophic injuries. This was not a season that any team could suffer multiple injuries in the way the Magic have. Um, This was, you know, some team was going to have that kind of rotten luck, and the Magic were that team, but this was not a season that anyone could afford it. Throughout the course of the year, Steve Clifford has been cognizant and worried about overuse injuries, about guys having to play too many minutes. He said from the very start that he was going to have to play 10, 11 guys a night because there was just no way to get through the schedule uh, with games essentially every other day and very little practice time on just an eight or nine man rotation. The Magic were in debt and there was no way to get out of it. And maybe the only way to get out of it was to do what the Magic did. As the Magic sunk deeper and deeper into the standings and came to the realization that, yes, Evan Fournier was going to walk in free agency and they had to get something for him, 
and that now was the time to make something of the Aaron Gordon asset, especially after he uh, requested a trade. They decided to pull the plug. They decided to accept that their team was going to be bad and that there was no way to save it, and this was a great opportunity, or a good opportunity at least, to reset the franchise. I don't think the Magic would have made the Nikola Vucevic deal if not for the Bulls, including two two top four protected first-round picks. I think the value of those picks and the gamble and the bet that the Bulls are going to be at least at, at most a middling playoff team was a good and sound bet for this Magic team. And that made the decision that much easier to make. Undoubtedly, this team would be significantly better with Nikola Vucevic, but Orlando has certainly made its bet now that not only are the Bulls going to convey that pick somewhere in the top 10, but the Magic will put themselves in great position to win the lottery. And if the Magic do win the lottery, if the Magic are able to come out with a top four pick in this year's draft, then maybe, maybe it will all be worth it. But that doesn't change the pain of going through it. That doesn't change the hardship and the difficulty of getting through this season the way the Magic have had to get through this season. It doesn't change how frustrating injuries can be. And it doesn't change how out of control the Magic had been over their own destiny. And that, to me, is the part that I am most uncomfortable with, to be perfectly honest, is the Magic don't control things. The only thing they control right now is how their young players develop. And that's been the focus of Steve Clifford. That's been the focus of the coaching staff. That's been the focus of the players, to try and get better on the court. And and certainly, two mixed results. This team is not good. This team is not going to win very many games. This team will end up with, if not the best odds to win the lottery as one of the worst three teams in the league, then probably fourth, a 12.5% chance of winning the top pick. The Magic's odds of getting in that top four are very good, or as good as they can be, but it's still essentially a coin flip. And it's tough. A lot of fans have glommed on to the idea and the hope of that future pick. And to be sure... What Jeff Feltman did on trade deadline day is wholly dependent, yes, and I do believe this, wholly dependent on whether the lottery comes out in his favor. If it doesn't, things are going to look very, very dark for this team unless they hit the right player, unless they get the right player in the draft. For sure, it's been a rough year for the Orlando Magic. It's been a difficult season. It's been a season that frankly we all want to forget because we've gone through a whole heck of a lot. And while there is some hope for the future, that hope is not on the roster right now. And getting to the end of the season is going to be extremely difficult for the team. I'm going to talk about one positive player that the Orlando Magic have seen over the, la- over the course of the last few weeks and the growth and development that he's shown coming up here in just a moment and actually starting right now. It's time once again to name our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Each week we've identified a player who has gone above and beyond and has stood out. And of course, with the Magic losing as much as they have and struggling as much as they have, that's been a bit difficult. But there is definitely one guy who has stood above the rest this week. And I want to give special recognition to Cole Anthony, our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Cole Anthony, uh, you know, I do want to dive into this a little bit more, but Cole Anthony uh, described described uh, his time since coming back from the rib injury as his second season. He says he feels like a veteran, and he's really played that way. 
Over the course of the last week, in the last three games, he's averaging 14.3 points per game with 5.7 assists per game and 4.3 rebounds per game. He's shooting 44.7% from the floor and 54.5% from beyond the arc. We'll ignore the 37.5% uh, free throw shooting for now, but um, but overall, Anthony has really grown up in a lot of ways because those numbers don't quite uh, capture how well Cole Anthony has played. Those numbers don't quite capture it. And I want to dive de- a little bit deeper into those numbers and a little bit deeper into the way that he's playing in our next segment. So suffice it to say, this whole next segment is the Michelob Ultra Player of the Week segment. Cole Anthony is our Michelob Ultra Player of the Week. Remember, with Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And with 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it is hard not to enjoy Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Let's talk a little bit more about Cole Anthony and the way that he's played since coming back from the injury. Um, Cole Anthony, I thought, had a really interesting comment. And again, I'll probably dive a little bit deeper into this on, on the website and, and over the course of the next few days um, after Monday's loss to the Lakers, where he said, this really feels like a second season. And, and in some ways, he feels like a veteran player already. Um, and, and it was an interesting thought, an interesting comment. And it, 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 made, it was even made more interesting by watching him and the way that he plays. You know, look, I gave you the numbers from the last week, but let's give you the numbers since coming back from the injury. Um, Cole Anthony has now played in 11 games since his injury, since coming back from injury, averaging 13.6 points per game, 4.7 rebounds per game, 5.8 assists per game. He's shooting 41.9% from the floor and 30.2% from deep and 74.2% from the foul line, unless you think that the free throw shooting from the last three games is something normal for him. Um... So obviously his production is up, his scoring is up, his pa- his assists are up, his shooting is about where it's been all year, but um, certainly he's done a lot more things to put himself in better position to score. But that doesn't quite get at how much better he's playing. Um, you know, you watch point guards, and point guards are all about controlling the pace of the game and controlling the tempo of the game, and, and again, getting, getting the team organized, understanding who needs the ball where, how to get them the ball, how to keep everyone involved. It's, it's the quarterback of the team. Um, it's probably the most important position on the floor. Um, and for rookies especially, it's really hard to get some of the concepts that I think Anthony has gotten, at least on the offensive end. Anthony is doing, you know, I think Ty Corbin said after the game Monday that, that Anthony is, Anthony early in the season was just going fast. And he felt like the only way he could contribute was to score. Um, and so he was trying too, almost too hard to score. And, and you could see flashes of how he could be a scorer and how he could be a, a point generator and, and all that. But really, Anthony was trying to do a little too much. Um, and, and I think that's perfectly fair. I think that's a perfectly fair criticism or a perfectly fair way to describe how Cole Anthony has played. Um, we know the guy is fearless. Um, the game-winning shot he hit against the Timberwolves uh, way back when was a, a huge shot. Um, the guy leads the team in charges taken. Um, I mean, he's a consummate teammate. Um, you know, I think he's he's always a cheerleader for his guys. Um, and, and I think that all bodes very, very well for him in his future. Um, you know, I say this about summer league a lot, and I think it's kind of true about rookie years too. You, you, don't, you don't find out necessarily if a guy is going to be an all-star his rookie year. Um, some guys definitely you do. But you don't necessarily f- figure that out. You just figure out whether a guy can play, whether a guy has a place in the league. And, and I think, you know, we can call Cole Anthony's rookie season a success because 
we can clearly see he has a place in this league. We clearly can see what he can do on a basketball floor and how he can help a team win. That's just that's just the first step. That's that's the important first step for any player. Anthony has had to go through a lot to get there. But the injury kind of gave him a little pause and a little chance to kind of watch and observe and learn how to play the game and how to play the game better. And he has. To me, the biggest number for Cole Anthony is those 5.8 assists per game. Those are coming because he has slowed the game down. I talk about a lot that with RJ Hampton especially, who just goes. He's just fast. Cole Anthony has slowed the game down. He is being patient, waiting, keeping defenders on his hip, trying to see, trying to manipulate the defense a little bit, and then zooming to the basket when he can. Um, he really struggled to finish at the rim earlier in the year, but he showed all the signs that he could get to the rim itself. But now that he's finishing better at the rim, he's become a much better player. And it's not just because he's finishing at the rim, it's because he's showing the patience enough to wait for the defense to react to decide whether to attack or to kick it out to the next guy. Yes, um, there are definitely still still moments where Anthony gives in to his scorer's instinct and tries a little too hard to force action. Um, that is probably not his game at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think that a player that Cole Anthony should really model himself after is, is a guy like Fred Van Vliet. Um, I think, A, they have similar body type. Um, Fred Van Vliet's probably a better shooter at this point than Cole Anthony, but Fred Van Vliet is a really good scoring guard who can distribute a little bit and, and keep defenses honest with his driving and his finishing ability at the rim. If Cole Anthony becomes Fred Van Vliet, the Magic will have a heck of a player. Certainly the Magic know that firsthand from some events that happened this season. But Anthony has really taken all the challenges of the season in stride. And to me, that's the biggest thing from, for him and for any rookie is what do you do when you face adversity, when you face defenses and NBA defenses learning how to play you and, and attacking and targeting you? I think tonight's game against the Cleveland Cavaliers is a humongous game for Cole Anthony. It is a huge game for him. He's playing well. He's doing a lot of, the thi- a lot of things right. But in the fourth quarter of a close game against the Lakers, he got, he got rooked. Dennis Schroeder just took him to town, and, and the Lakers posted some video, or someone, some Lakers blogger posted some video of Dennis Schroeder yelling at him for some reason. Considering the respect that Cole Anthony showed Schroeder after the game, I, I, I don't think it was directed at Anthony, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Dennis Schroeder showed Cole Anthony a few things, and Schroeder, you know, assisted on 16 of the Lakers' final, scored or assisted on 16 of the Lakers' final 18 points to put that game away and give the Lakers a huge, huge win for them. It's an opportunity. That was an opportunity for a win-loss for the Magic, but it was a learning opportunity for Cole Anthony. And so, what I want to see is a continue this great point guard play that we're seeing from Cole Anthony, but I want to see him finish the game in the fourth quarter. And you know, again, to Anthony's credit, he said after the game, "I have to do a better job managing the team. I have to do a better job organizing the team. When we have a couple possessions in a row where we don't score, I have to make sure we get a good basket." And he understands the responsibility that comes with being the team's point guard. You know, we're at this point judging the Magic less on wins and losses and more on kind of this amorphous, ill-defined thing of learning and growing. And, you know, I've been in this argument, it feels like, for the last 48 hours with a few people who are uh, confused about why the the loss in New Orleans was so upsetting to me and so upsetting to to, to the coaching staff. Um, And it's because... These learning opportunities for a player like Cole Anthony can't come in a 35-point loss. I thought Cole played fine in that game. Maybe defense, defensively, he's still got a lot of work to do. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat that, but but any most rookies would. Um, 
I thought Cole played fine in that game. Third quarter, definitely trying to force things again to try and get the team back in the game. But Cole didn't get this experience of learning how to navigate a team through a fourth quarter. He didn't see firsthand what you have to do and how you have to play and how you have to dig out possessions and little things over the course of a late-game situation. You know, if, if, if there is a good loss, it is a close loss for this team because you can learn a whole lot more in close losses than you can in blowout losses. And that's the most important thing right now for a player like Cole Anthony is to get these lessons. And probably even more important than that is to be put back in those situations so that, so that you learn from those lessons. I think, honestly, this game against Cleveland is one of the more important games in Cole Anthony's career and one of the more important games for the Magic this season. This is a game where the Magic have to build on what they were successful with against the Lakers. And yeah, I think they need to come out with a win. Um, you know, again, there's no must-win situations here, and, and certainly, you know, the Magic might benefit more from a loss in terms of ping-pong balls, although they're now second worst in the, in the league, a uh, half game ahead of the Timberwolves. So, you know, there's still plenty of jockeying to go around uh, for that little bit of cushion that comes with being one of the top odds in the, in the lottery. But nevertheless, this is an important growth game for Cole Anthony. We've seen him grow tremendously over the last couple weeks since coming back from the injury. Um, he's definitely found his rhythm again. He scored more than 10 points in all but one game since returning from injury, which to me is a good sign. Um, again, you still want to see him make a more positive impact, though, um, and, and lead to winning and lead to competing and lead to chances to win games. And so I, I want to, see, again, to me, the biggest thing for the Magic tonight is put Cole Anthony back in that situation where he has to lead the team to a win. And let's see how he reacts. Let's see if he can get the team over the hump. And yes, Cleveland is a beatable team. Um, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie. This this Cleveland game I think comes at a perfect time for the Magic and could be the kind of the stars aligning to give them a real shot at a win here. And they're only gonna have maybe two or three of these the rest of the season, maybe. And that's why I think this game's important, um, and why I think this game's important for Cole Anthony because his growth has been tremendous uh, over the last couple weeks, but he still has a lot more to go. He's proven up to the task to this point, and there's no reason to think that he won't deliver at some point down the line. We'll talk a little bit more about the Magic's upcoming game against Cleveland Cavaliers in a bit, but first, our good pals at Built Bar are back and better than ever. You've heard me talk about Built Bar forever. They've bought a lot of ads on this show, but I can tell you from experience that Built Bar is worth it. It is worth giving a try at the very least. I'm not a protein bar person. Um, I don't work out nearly consistently enough to need protein bars or to need meal supplements or need protein supplements like that. And so I turned to Built Bar sort of as an energy boost, maybe a little bit after a workout, um, but as kind of a snack to supplement my diet. You know, you go to the store and you look at the protein bars on, on the racks and they're all meal replacement bars. Those aren't bars that you're supposed to snack on. Those are bars you're supposed to eat on the go because you can't grab a lunch or you just don't want to go to the fast food restaurant. And they're probably better for you than the fast food restaurant, but Built Bar is better than all of them. Not only does it taste like what it says on the box or on the casing, it tastes really good and they're all, for the most part, less than 150 calories each. These are the perfect bars to give you that little energy boost that you need after a workout, in the middle of your day, or whenever. It comes in 18 amazing flavors. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew and perfect for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. 
Today's podcast is also brought to you by your pals at Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has a ton of sports action on the go, too, with the NFL draft and the Kentucky Derby back as the first leg of the Kentucky of the Triple Crown beginning this weekend. Busy, busy Saturday in sports for Orlando fans. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC, MMA action, too. Before the next pitch or tip-off, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Today on the Locked On Today podcast, will Dak Prescott be ready to start the season for the Dallas Cowboys? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. The Atlanta Magic will take on the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight at 7 p.m. And what should be a uh, an interesting game between two teams, obviously young teams, uh, hungry for any win that they can get, both you know trying to do the right things and put themselves in better, put themselves in a good position to continue growing as the season comes to a close. Um, as I tell everyone, players don't care about lottery odds. They want to win, and you want players that want to win. You don't want players that are just going to roll up and die. Um, and so this is going to be, I think, a really competitive and interesting game. Um, I think both teams will have this game circled as one that, hey, you know, on the standings, this is a game that we can win. Um, and again, the Magic coming off a really good effort against the Los Angeles Lakers where they played some really good defense and just, you know, kind of fell apart a little bit in the last half of the fourth quarter. Those are losses, especially with this young team that you can accept because you learn a lot from those losses. And so, as I said with Cole Anthony, um, I think this is a big game for the Magic. Um, I think this is a big game for the Magic to show that they can learn and they can progress. And again, this team's not going to win many games. Um, you know, I, I, I feel like sometimes when I'm talking with people and I'm, and I'm expressing that I want the Magic to win, that they all think I, I still believe the Magic can go 11-0. No, that's not the case. This Magic team is going to win maybe two, maybe three games the rest of the season. They're not going on a 17-game losing streak to end the season. They're going to find wins somewhere. Um, and again, Monday was a great example of, of a game that they could win. And, and so uh, my approach has been very similar to the coach's approach. I want to, again, some of it is I don't trust the lottery. I, I fully admit that's the space that I'm coming from. I don't believe the lottery is going to deliver. I'm acting and preparing as if the Magic are going to pick sixth in the draft, to be perfectly honest. I don't expect to win the lottery. Um, if you do, great. It's a bonus. I, I'm not counting on it happening. Again, that's part of my discomfort with what the Magic did um, at the trade deadline, even if I do agree with the logic of it and understand the decision and understand the gamble that they made. The Magic made a bet. They made a gamble, and we're going to find out if that gamble pays off. Um, I, I do like to go to the casino occasionally, but I don't bet the house. And, and I feel like that the Magic have bet a lot on a ping pong ball dropping in their favor. But that's not the point for today. The point for today is how are the Magic going to grow and, and get better today than they were yesterday? As Cole Anthony said after Monday's game, we don't want to be in the same place that we are today 10 games from now. We want to be better. Um, and that's really the message that the Magic are driving home, that Steve Clifford's driving home, that Ty Corbin's driving home, that everyone is driving home as they try to get to the finish line of the season. Um, the Magic have that opportunity tonight against the Cavaliers. Um, again, there's no such thing as a must-win game for a team that's at the bottom of the standings. Um, whether they win or lose is less consequential than how they play getting there, how they play getting to that point. And again, sometimes, yes, 
the reward for playing well is a win. And and I think you do still want to see a win when you play well. Um, I, I've said this, I said this during the first rebuild. I'm saying it again now. When the opportunity to win is there, you need to expect and demand that the team win. The standard should not be lower just because the talent's worse, just because the lottery odds are what they are. The standard should not be lowered. The Magic should still be going into these games expecting to and trying to win. It's going to be tougher, obviously. The margin for error is much thinner, but you want to you want to win these games. And again, the Magic played well enough to win, in my opinion, on Monday. They had you know a poor first quarter. They bounced back from it. They played with a lot of heart and energy. They need to bring that into this game because if the Magic play like they did Monday night for three quarters, they're going to win this game. Um, you know, again, I, I, not that Cleveland is bad, and Cleveland's got its got, got its own issues, and Cleveland is trying to do very much the same things. These are two teams with similar statistical profiles. Yes, the Cavaliers have more dynamic guard play and scoring in Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, but their bench isn't much to speak of. Um, you know, this is a game where the Magic, again, should feel like they're playing an equal in the standings um, and playing a team that they feel that they can beat, even on the road. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game. Don't get me wrong. The Magic's perimeter defense has been shoddy at best, and they're facing one of the best young backcourts in the league. Uh, I like Darius Garland and Colin Sexton and the work that they've done. Um, that you know, Sexton is going to be an especially tough cover, and Anthony Cole Anthony is going to have his hands full. But if again, if the Magic play with the energy and intensity that they played with on Monday, this is a game that they can and should win. And again, we want to see growth. We want to see players back in the same situations and to do better in them the next time. We don't want to see them making the same mistakes. And honestly, that's been the biggest frustration since the trade deadline is we see the team make the same mistakes without getting better. Fix fix old problems, create new ones. Learn to solve new problems. And again, yes, occasionally you're going to be good enough to win. Um, I think that this is, a, this is a huge game for the Magic for their growth and development. I do think it is a chance to get a win. I do expect the Magic to win the game, but we'll see what happens, obviously, as the Orlando Magic take on the Cleveland Cavaliers. Tip-off is at 7 o'clock. We'll have complete coverage of that game on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, as well as a special guest. We're going to talk some NBA draft on tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places to download podcasts. Your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore me. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us there on Twitter at omagicdaily. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this is Philip Ross. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.